0: Hello and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better
1: get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. Facing and taking on all the play to pay to
0: troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Succinize and do their lies and make them fall. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get uh, it's been a little while so I should remind folks that you can support the tech dirt podcast or the wider tech dirt itself uh, via our our patreon campaign at patreon.com slash tech dirt we've been doing this podcast for almost two and a half years already, uh, and we haven't done a single advertisement at all, so all the support is coming right now from the Patreon campaign. So if you haven't subscribed yet, please go check it out, and you can also listen to the Backers Only podcast that we did a couple months ago. Now, on to today's show. There's been... Plenty of reasonable concern lately, I think, about the increasing centralization of the internet. Uh, One of the fundamental good things, I think, about the internet was that it was this massive decentralized platform where the smarts were supposedly at the endpoints rather than in the middle. This meant that almost anyone could set up their own websites and do what they wanted online. Over time, a variety of forces have, well, changed things, I think. Uh, The decentralized nature of the internet has really come under attack. Uh, Some of those are legal attacks from people who don't like the fact that some people will use that decentralized nature to do things that they dislike, such as maybe sell drugs or infringe on copyrights. And then there are more fundamental attacks, which might be chalked up to laziness or convenience where giant internet platforms basically come in and provide centralized services that people rely on in part because of the natural gravity of of network effects and in part because in a lot of cases they've provided a more convenient service now as i've written in in the past on Techdirt, however this has created all sorts of problems uh, mainly in centralizing points of attack this can include methods to take down sections of the internet or for NSA surveillance to scoop up all sorts of information in one nice easy package. <laughs> and because of that, I have pointed out that each time one of these centralized nodes has a problem or comes under attack, it should act as incentive to move that choke point to a more decentralized system. However, there are questions about whether or not that's actually happening uh, in part I think that's in part because of the gravitational pull of those big platforms that I discussed before, but also because it's actually fairly tough to build a good decentralized platform that works. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, uh, and someone who I think has been thinking about it even more than me is Jamie King, uh, who's uh, known for a bunch of things, Uh, was the filmmaker who made Steal This Film years ago, Um, and he now does the Steal This Show podcast for our friends over at Torrent Freak, uh, and it's a great podcast. Uh, If you don't listen to it, you should. Uh, One thing that I've noticed is that um, not every week, but nearly every week, he seems to have on people who are actually actually creating these sort of decentralized alternatives, uh, many of which I hadn't heard of before. For example, I I think I learned about storage.io, library and zero net, among others, all directly from his podcast. So today we've got Jamie King on our podcast (laughs) to talk about all things related to re-decentralizing the internet. (laughs) So Jamie, welcome. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Sure. Uh, so, since you've been exploring all these projects, let's start there. Uh, which one of these do you find the most interesting so far? So, I think there's a kind of complex
1: answer to the to, to that question. Uh, ZeroNet is an interesting one to to look at as a point of departure because the creator has taken the approach of um, not only uh, creating the platform uh, that makes that makes uh, you know ZeroNet available as a platform uh-huh. for people to put up content and websites and so forth, but uh, actually making sure that he, he's developed apps that kind of mimic stuff that's available so, uh, out there in the ecosystem.
0: And so ZeroNet, just to explain to people who, who maybe don't know what that is, it, it, so it's sort of a distributed platform that you run the software and it connects to yes. other people running the software? Uh,
1: yes, yeah, so it's basically using, torrent, uh, using BitTorrent, the protocol, to mm-hmm. deliver web pages, so uh, when you uh, run the ZeroNet app, uh, you can you're then able to access uh, quote unquote pages within the ZeroNet ecosystem, and as you access them, you're also making them av-
0: available to others got it got it got it uh, and so we, so you were saying that that he but he's written all these apps for it yeah
1: so what you know what he's done is he's he's kind of got a a, a twitter style thing he's got a messaging style thing he's got a forum style thing um and he's kind of made sure that you know he hasn't waited for to to sort of build the platform and hope that people are going to fill up his ecosystem. He's, he's kind of showed you what's possible from, from the outset. And I have to assume that that's one of the reasons that zero net has, you know, gained some traction. Um, Uh Although, you know, and this is a conversation that, um, that I was having with uh, the the proprietor of the esteemed proprietor of TorrentFreak, uh, <laughs> a, a few times because we we review these things as they come up, right? So right. we're always interested in anything, any application which is providing a decentralized platform that empowers users, you know, empowers ordinary people to use the internet in ways that benefit them. But for every you know for every ten times. you you see an app appear, you see some some new platform appear and, you know, people like us might get excited by it, (laughs) but no, but then you fast forward six months down the line and nobody's using it and it's disappeared. Yeah. And the question that's a lot, right. And so the question, the moment we're at is one where I guess there's kind of a scale and on one side of the scale is sort of hassle, (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, potential loss to liberty. Uh, how much am I being surveyed, right et And on the other side is like how much, how much of a, um, how much of you know, how many people are going to be using this thing? Uh, I have I actually got the technical knowledge to install it? You yeah, know, et cetera. You know, and people are kind of making an unconscious decision between the two. And I, and frankly. At the moment, maybe until this present moment, it's been very much balanced on the side of, well, I don't really care if you're surveying me and selling me, <laughs> selling me out to to big brands and advertisers because all my friends are here and it's easy to use.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I think there's yeah. I, I mean, I think there are a few things, and I think the you know the convenience factor just can't be overlooked. Like the fact that the the big platforms just you know bring everyone together and and make it really easy is. Powerful for 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 better or for worse, and you know in many cases worse. But I think also because of that, you know it's interesting. I mean, so you raise the idea of of the the zero net guy, um, you know writing all these apps that sort of mimic the behavior of Twitter or message boards or whatever. But you know there's a part of me that says like that's not going to do it. Like the, the, if you're going to get people to actually shift over to your new platform, and has to do something different or better to actually make it worthwhile
1: right right and so this is what we're always wondering is you know and I'm often not rude enough to bring this up during. The- <laughs> <laughs> Because I feel like a venture capitalist, only really bad one who's got no money. To put in. <laughs> you know, like what is the USP here? What need? What's the customer need you're fulfilling? And I mean, I have personally ridiculed investors for talking about customer need sure. in the past because I think it's balls. Excuse me, I'm not spo- but but I but in this case. Um, it really is pertinent because unless you can say, well, the reason why people are going to migrate on mass from Facebook to my pri- private, private, secure peer to peer app is this, right. then it's not going to happen. Um, but I do think a kind of this has emerged and, and the, this is kind of, um, at least this is, this is from my point of view, um. The, the, the present situation, the present political situation mm-hmm. has, has woken people up to some extent yeah. to the implication of the platforms they're using in their day-to-day lives and in producing the political environment in which they increasingly subsist. And so, <laughs> and so, and I think that, but I guess the problem is that we don't think critically about we're not yet at the point of thinking critically about the applications that surround us.
0: Well, I I, I sometimes wonder about that. And like, I mean, so for years there've been all these arguments about like, you know, what will what will have to happen to get people to actually take like their privacy seriously, for example, mm-hmm. and and not make those those kinds of decisions that say, you know, I'll I'll you know give all my information to to. This giant company, who may then pass it on to you know whoever, whoever else, whether it's Procter and Gamble or the NSA, um, but you know I I haven't seen anything like I think the average person at least looks at all this stuff and says yeah you know like there's you know I, I like one they they see sort of value and convenience in sticking with with those providers and. Two, you know, I, I think that they don't see, like, the personal risk. Like, yes, like, they don't want their private information, you know, bad things to happen to it. But they're doing sort of a weighted, you know, cost-benefit analysis and saying, like, well, you know, the downside to me is fairly limited, you know, for most people. Um, the risk of something really bad happening is fairly limited and the overall convenience is, is sort of worth it. Um, Now, that might be because they don't have enough information. They don't realize what's really happening and what the potential consequences are. Um, And that's a big concern to me. But, you know, I just like every time like some like data leaks out or, you know, the the Snowden revelations come out, you know, people sort of say like, now's the time. Now's the chance. People are going to take their privacy seriously. And then it never seems to actually happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's not, yes, and I think I heard exactly the same story. I happened to be friends with one of the people who uh, f- funded the uh, Snowden film, Laura Poitras film, uh-huh. uh, and Citizen Four, and so when it came out, we had a discussion, exactly the discussion, that you're, <laughs> and she said, you wouldn't believe it, you know. I've been talking to people about the film. Of course, it hadn't gone on to win an Oscar. I think it won an Oscar, right, but this was when it just yeah. came out. And people are saying, well... I haven't done anything wrong so I haven't got anything to be <laughs> and, and and I haven't got anything to be scared of and she is kind of frothing at the mouth with frustration that people could watch the film yeah. and still think the same thing and I think and I and I think it's totally true and I think you're right that you're never going to interest um the vast majority of people in 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 that agenda you know because mm-hmm. enough of them will, nothing something Nothing bad will happen to enough of them <laughs> to to leave them in a state of thinking, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, but having said that, it, there's another part to it, I think, um, that's not directly about surveillance per se, although it links with soft surveillance, which is the sort of growing awareness of the power these platforms have. Because I think a lot of people got caught short by, an apologies to any, you know, Trump uh, voters but got caught short by the election of Donald Trump and weren't expecting that to happen mm-hmm. and sort of think maybe in the dimmest way that this has something to do with social networks and these platforms that they're somehow gained a new type of motive power and that maybe this has created a new degree of criticality I mean maybe I'm just maybe I'm just completely <laughs> deluded about people's ability to analyze how powerful these platforms have been become but that might start to create um, an appetite for moving. Yeah, uh, I, I mean,
0: I I wonder about that. I mean, I think that, that you know, I, I definitely think that among, uh, you know, a, a certain group of people, the election has certainly made them, you know, th- th- there's been sort of this backlash, especially against the large social media platforms, um, you know, mainly Facebook, but but Twitter as well. Yeah. Um, but i'm I'm still not entirely sure i see that next step like the, there's enough to then take that you know anger or or you know uh, animosity towards those platforms and use that to say well now i want to move to yeah. an you know another decentralized platform where i have more control no, i mean i totally
1: agree and it was we saw that happen with diaspora sure and it, it just wasn't enough yeah i mean and it famously ended up with one of the one of the creators committing suicide. Yeah. If I'm not wrong, I mean the level of pressure trying yeah. to mount an attack, and that was based on the Facebook surveillance agenda, as if I remember right. You yeah, know, was. Um, and, you know, and, and think about it this way. You know, when there is a strong need, people will move. So <laughs> so if you look at Cody, yep. right, no, they have had no problem whatsoever. If you examine Google searches over time for Torrance against Cody, mm-hmm. Torrance is just, sorry, Bram Cohen, but Torrance <laughs> is just dropping off and off and off. And, and they'll know this and Cody is just picking up and up and up you know and like you know the level of interest in Cody my mum who's 76 her friends are recommending that she buy preloaded Cody boxes so if you could <laughs> wow. right that's the that's, that's the reality <laughs> that's in britain incredible right so so, if so
0: you, and just really quick because some of the people who listen to this might not even oh, be sure. that familiar with Cody yeah. so can you give like the like,
1: Yeah. so so Cody is uh, essentially a a platform uh and, and it's important to say that Cody itself is a free Libra open source piece of software that right. doesn't doesn't um uh, it, it doesn't incorporate any uh, capacity for piracy in itself. It's a platform, right? And on on top of that platform has and I have to say that because the Kodi people are,
0: you know, essentially <laughs>
1: developing a media center, you yeah. know,
0: and they're not. They're and it, and it came sort of out of like people were developing media center software for Xbox, right? Yeah, it
1: came out of the Xbox Media Center, right? For, uh, so for managing your DVD collection and uh, so forth. Um, and what then happened is people have built plugins or add-ons on top of Kodi that mm-hmm. b- turn it into this fantastically powerful system for uh, uh, for accessing pirate uh, streams, um, right. and, and these and really these are a function of the fact that data you know storage of data has gone gone down in in price so much and bandwidth has gone down in price so much and you know people have access to fast connections and storing is not really a problem anymore and this means that you know you take one show one episode of I don't know uh, you know um, Silicon Valley and it will be hosted on 500 different file hosts right and they're making enough money that somehow they can serve free streams to Kodi users. (laughs) And so Kodi essentially forms a a middle point, uh, translating between knowing where all these streams are and presenting them to the user in a really very user friendly way. So as imagine Netflix, Mm -hmm. but you get everything. Right. And a no monthly bill, (laughs) uh, that pretty much is what Kodi is plus add-ons and, but with its add-ons. And so, that is so easy for people to use um and so free right <laughs> that, that people uh, people are losing interest in in torrents because mm. why why what's the point of using BitTorrent when this is so my point is limited to if you make something good enough yeah they, they will switch because right. we saw it, we saw it with Popcorn Time as well. I don't. Yeah, know I was you just mean,
0: about to bring that up actually.
1: Right, so that's a similar thing. Where for the listeners who don't know, Popcorn Time was it's a BitTorrent client, but it was a streaming BitTorrent client. So in other words, you could you could stream. Uh, movies directly inside the client without having to download them first although it did download them in the background mm-hmm. and it per- it presented a user interface that was very Netflix like and its ease of use was yeah, incredible because you just popped it open, there were all the latest movies you clicked right. the cover and it started playing and of course it became fantastically popular, you know you didn't need to tell people hey you should really be using this popcorn time thing because it's peer to peer and you know right? It, no one cares that, that's right. the, and so the task here is exactly to create an application. I mean, either society will create the application for you because it will become so surveyed and so top down and so ugly <laughs> that you'll start saying, listen, I need my privacy now. It's important. Right. Um, and so the, the application will be created for you or you need to find a reason that people want to use your new peer to peer thing. Yeah. Um, and
0: that is tricky.
1: So yeah. uh, that's what we're always asking ourselves. And quite honestly, often not coming up with the, the answers.
0: <laughs> I mean, there, there's, a, there's another interesting one. And you haven't covered this, as, uh, I, I don't believe. And I, mm-hmm. do, I listen to all the podcasts. so I'm pretty sure you haven't. But like, there was some attention recently to this sort of Twitter clone called Mastodon. Yeah. I don't know if you've explored that. Well, I'm on it. Right, as am I. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever for some value of on. <laughs> right, um, and and I, you know, that one struck me as interesting at, at a couple levels. You know, and the first being that like it was actually really easy to use, which you know a lot of these platforms like they do have this sort of barrier to entry, and you and you have this problem where you have sort of a combination of factors, which is you need people, <laughs> right, to have the network effect to make it worthwhile. Yeah. But you know. When you start out, it's just not going to be that good, <laughs> yeah. and so and and so you can't convince the people to come. And if you can't convince the people to come, then you know the project sort of peters out. And Mastodon certainly still has that potential, but it was it was sort of a very nice and, and fairly easy system. And the um, the distributed nature of it, they have this this concept called instances, right? So it looks kind, it's very much like Twitter. You have you know some more characters and some some neat um, additional privacy features, um, that aren't necessarily present in Twitter. Um, but it, what was cool is they have this concept of instances, which basically anyone can set up their own instance mm-hmm. of Macedon and then, but you can federate. So, you know, if you set up your own instant, it, instance, it doesn't mean you're disconnected from everyone. You don't lose those network effects mm-hmm. because you can federate, but also, you could create sort of closed Mastodon communities or, or limited Mastodon communities. You could do all sorts of kind of interesting things, which I don't know if people have really taken advantage of yet. But it seemed like an interesting approach that, that allowed yeah. for for kind of a middle ground.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, that's one obvious um, point to make is that, you know, you only have this issue of the, uh, you know, the network effects or the gravitational pull of the, the, the larger um, the larger platforms when you're competing with them directly and if you if you can identify something that they don't quite provide right. then, then that gives you a chance to to open up a new a new possibility for not only fulfilling that need but, but doing it in a, a according to a, 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 a philosophy that you you like so you can yeah. do it in a peer-to-peer fashion or whatever right. but of course that's that's just entrepreneurship that's what yeah. that is you know that's that's just you you're just straight doing a startup then I and mean, which doesn't really answer the question of of um are people employed you know the question well, I, of decentralization the yeah. question you're really asking is how can we get people to see that decentralization is important
0: yeah and <laughs> and i think you know i mean but but i think that that ties into the entrepreneurship question actually because right you know, part of the reason why there's investment and attention in centralized platforms is because when you have that, that control, and you know, if you're managing or running that centralized platform, that's generally speaking where the business model comes in, mm-hmm. right? You know, with that control. And you know, so for years, like I've made the, the argument that, you know, Twitter, for example, makes much more sense as a protocol rather than as a platform um but there's no money (laughs) in being a protocol um whereas there's well you know i don't know if twitter's making any money really but you know there's there's you have more ability to make money if you're controlling the platform but that's so that's maybe good for the the company and potentially for investors but that may be bad for everyone else (laughs) yeah and
1: and i mean bitar and inc uh-huh. Is a case in point because they had immense difficulty monetizing "quote unquote" their protocol. Yeah, and right. and, and and that is a, that really was a protocol, and and in the sense, it's one of the most popular. I mean, for a long time, it accounted yeah. for m- most of the traffic on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and that may still be the case. I don't know, but uh, still, they they really tried a whole bunch of things, some of which I was involved with, right. and 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 uh, it's you know it's really a washout. Yeah, because um, cause in the end, the only thing that they were really able to make money from was a toolbar installers on their client, which is a pretty inglorious way of getting rich. Re- <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and and some
0: some might judge that as as evil.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, and I think they themselves were a bit embarrassed about it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you do get a sense there that you kind of have to choose your poison. You either have to. Um, I mean, I guess maybe they what they tried to do was 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 make money by turning part of the platform into a closed, uh, curated content system. Right. Um, but it just it didn't it just didn't work.
0: Yeah. And, and there are attempts though these days now um, really to kind of use like cryptocurrency as a way to potentially. You know create a business model for protocols you know I've seen different things and I don't know how much you've explored this if at all but like you know it's I, I've seen that it's, it's becoming uh, increasingly popular that you know someone will launch a protocol that has attached to it you know sort of their own cryptocurrency and the idea is that if the protocol catches on the value of the cryptocurrency increases and therefore they're making money that way as opposed yeah. to trying to monetize it some. Other I mean, way. Sh-
1: shit coins is what the trolls call them. <laughs> <laughs> a very
0: uh, apt description. <laughs>
1: um, but you know, I, I got to say, like, obviously, recently, for anyone who's following it, the ICO, the coin offering, is it has generated large amounts of money for a few people. Right. And in some cases, I think it's interesting. I'm about to. Um, set up a couple of servers mining altcoins uh, mm-hmm. with, a, with a company up in Washington State called Gigawatt. Hmm. And they do, they're they doing a coin offering because, hey, everyone's doing coin right. offerings, right? Uh, but their coin offering is, yeah, you're investing in their company, which is a hosting company taking advantage of Washington's cheap hydroelectric power right. to provide space for, for, for altcoin miners. Uh, and they've got their little little coin offering going, and when you buy, yes, it's investing in them, but also your coin is exchangeable against... Energy units so right. the, which is kind of cool because if you're planning to invest at least a year Seeing if altcoin mining is for you right. uh, Then then you're you're buying a certain amount of gas from them as it were You know a certain amount of electricity so that that to me is pretty rational as a coin offering Yeah, um, so and and then recently, you know, I see I see the brave the browser which I find an interesting yeah, interesting, interesting example of what we're talking about actually. How do you get people to switch right? But Brave are doing a token, at uh, the Brave attention token, the, sorry, the basic attention token. Did you hear about this?
0: I, I, I didn't actually. I mean, I know about Brave and, and so, so it was a so, browser that sort of replaces the ads, right?
1: Uh, yeah, browser that replaces, removes some ads and replaces them some of them with acceptable ads. Right. And and one of the ways they're planning to, uh, to monetize or to Um, to make this this arrangement worthwhile for the user is to set up a, a basic attention token where you would be rewarded in tokens for time spent looking at advertising which huh. is something i feel like i've heard in different yeah var- there, in,
0: in the in the in the early dot com bubble days there there were the, the the companies that were there was like there were free isps that if you watched ads you would get you could get you know internet access for free and then there uh-huh. was there was a computer company it was like free pc that would would give you a free computer if you know but they had built in adware that like you know around the the border of your screen forced yeah. you to see ads and stuff like that
1: yeah i mean i feel I feel like from all the creators, it's probably for novelists, it's getting pretty close to they pay you to read their book. Right, right. <laughs> but, but um, you know, so Brave's idea is this basic attention token uh, where advertisers um, can, users can earn them and advertisers can buy them. Mm. Uh, and so they're trying to, and they've got a coin offering around the basic attention token. And I'd like to get them on the show to talk about that because I think, uh, on Steal this Show, because I think... Um, it's an interesting proposition—a uh, yeah. brow- browser that takes users' attention time seriously—as um, yeah. a as a quantity. Um, but generally speaking, I mean, I feel like it's not too controversial. I hope it won't uh, upset anybody who's who's doing an ICO or has a—I'm um, sure—fascinating platform and or coin to say <laughs> that I think people's interest in these coins is largely to do with speculation at the moment. Yeah. Um, well, I
0: saw too. There's like there's like a a specific hedge fund that just invests in these things, right? Yeah, I and forget what they're called.
1: Yeah, and the and the mining that I'm thinking of doing is is, uh, is actually not what oh, there's a service called Nice Hash, and these guys uh-huh. who I think are in China uh, will mine coins. Will will point your mining power. At whichever coin is most profitable at the given <laughs> oh. time. So, <laughs> you, yeah, so it's kind of like you're hedging uh, right. ba- based on your hash power yeah. at that moment. Uh, yeah, and I mean, for me, it's just, uh, I guess it's interesting. I guess it's pertinent to what we're talking about, though, because you could say <clears throat> Bitcoin is probably, other than BitTorrent,
0: mm-hmm.
1: one of the only examples of a distributed application that has gained uh, mass adoption. I mean, not mass adoption, but nearly. Yeah, I mean, and uh, why? What what was the need? And 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 my answer is not particularly popular amongst amongst uh, coin developers because my answer is it was drugs. <laughs> and, okay. You know what I think is that you know people buy drugs uh-huh. and countries for whatever reason decide to nanny people and tell them what they can and can't do. By the way, I'm not a libertarian. I know it's probably sound like one, but <laughs> just for the record. Uh, and so as a result people want to evade right the state because they want to buy some weed and smoke it or whatever they want to do and so the silk road and other markets mm-hmm. of its kind essentially were able to use a combination of tor a distributed application right bitcoin a distributed application to offer people something they really needed drugs right and and i think that i mean i think almost unarguably Bitcoin that was the main driver of early adoption of Bitcoin. Yeah. So, yeah, so that there's a really good example of when you when you can provide something that you know people, when you give people a reason to need something like I need Bitcoin <laughs> to buy the stuff I want. And right. I, that, and there, you know, there was no other way of cutting out the boring drug dealer you know or the unpleasant person that you were going to have to go to to get whatever you wanted right uh, and when you consider the fact that half of america is addicted to opiates then you <laughs> then then you're sorry to to malign your country but you know then then then, then but uh, then uh, although i heard recently that the morgues are now full of people who oh, died course. from opiate abuse they're so stacked up that they can't they can't turn around cases because they're all full of it's sad, really, as I yeah. would say. But so, um, you know, uh, people, people needed Bitcoin, uh-huh. needed, quote unquote, for this application, for this to, to fulfill this thing they needed. And as a result, it's really driven it. Right. And I guess what you have to ask of the other coins is what's the need for them? It's the yeah. same thing. Like, and if, and if it's only, well, I don't have enough Bitcoin Right. And and I want to have I want to invest in something else that's gonna go up by ten thousand percent then I suspect that's something more like a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Um, No, I mean if it
0: if it's speculative, yeah, but you know, where it does get interesting to me though is like if you could build a build an actual protocol that is useful on its own and because of that usefulness that actually increases the value of the associated coin, like that like there's there's a compelling argument there i i that's think but so i uh, but but i also Storage, okay. right? So so I, I guess so so explain storage give give some mm-hmm. background. Yeah, so background as far up. I
1: mean I'm running storage so uh, storage is a as the name would suggest a, a <laughs> company based around storage Yes. Around digi- digital and digital and, files. and
0: we should say it's it's spelled funny right it's like s t o r j dot Yeah, s like,
1: like yeah like storage s t o r j storage.io and yeah it, it's it's a storage co- digital storage company like Dropbox mm-hmm. um but unlike Dropbox, they don't store everything in the quote-unquote cloud, meaning on Amazon's server. <laughs> right. In this case, the storage cloud is you, is the user. So I actually use storage as a provider. So I'm the, I'm the Uber taxi driver of this. <laughs> uh, and so I dedicate, really just experimentally, I dedicate 20 gigabytes. Let me see. It's up running right now to storage. And uh, what happens is, I give a bit of my disk uh-huh. over over to them, and a bit of bandwidth. And people have started using the twenty gigs that I make available to them. Right, and in return. So I'm storing tiny bits of, as I understand it, other people's data, encrypted, of course. Yes, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, a, I hope it's encrypted, and b, I hope it's in small enough parts yes. that I, that I don't have a sort of coherent blob of anything. Because I remember the days when Google and Yahoo and the others used to let you see what people were searching for. Yeah. Do you, do you remember? Yes. And it was not wholesome. That's no. what I. So so that. That's, <laughs> I really hope I only have the sort of the little bits of the stuff that they're storing. Yeah. Anyways, as as as, pe- as pe- dirty money payback for whatever <laughs> I'm storing, I get um I get some storage coin. Okay. And so uh, I you know, I actually, you know, knowing what I know, which is that <laughs> however much you might malign these various coins, mm-hmm. <laughs> you may do so at your peril. Like, come back in, <laughs> come back in five years' time and, yeah. and r- ridicule it then. Yeah. Uh, so I started thinking, well, I'll, I'll be running this then. I mean, you know, what's 20 gigabytes worth to me? Not much. Right. Uh, so I guess I've earned 30 coins or something. But I asked the guy, Sean Wilkinson, who's the CEO, um you know, do you think these coin could be worth more as the company grows? And he said something to the effect of, "Well, we can't. We're not allowed to talk about that. <laughs> the, the the growth of the coin, but clearly yeah. it's being traded on the platforms." So, um, so,
0: so, and it, it works by so so if if you want to store stuff, you you pay money, or and yeah. then if you if you agree to store stuff. You get some storage coin exactly as yeah. payment.
1: I think you pay. What what do they people call it? Fiat. The d- 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 right. d- digital currency people <laughs> yeah. wiltingly real ooh, money. <laughs> ooh, ooh, the power of your invective. You're calling it fiat, but yes, you, you pay in fiat. <laughs> yes, and uh, you you get you get paid out in storage coin, um, uh, and you hope over time that the storage coin. So essentially, storage ought to have a va- Ought to have. A simple value, which is it's, uh, I mean, I'm not an economist, but some combination of the price of the, of the disk space right. plus the price of the bandwidth given. Um, but of course, because of the specula- speculative right. nature of all of these, you might end up... You know <laughs> you know your hundred storage might end up buying you a house in five years <laughs> right time. right and you,
0: I, you I, just stored somebody's you know encrypted porn, <laughs> and you get you get to buy a house because y- y- yeah, and depending
1: <laughs> on what porn it was <laughs> oh, like God. you may that may be the least they can do for you yeah, really so so that's storage and um
0: i mean but but conceptually right, if you take a step back, you're like that's really interesting right because because you have i mean it's it's you know you're increasing efficiency right you have unused disk space all over the world that people have you know that they're not going to use and you can put it to use and you can offer up a system that's kind of like a dropbox which you know is kind of cool and you don't have the sort of centralized issue of like the nsa going to dropbox and asking to turn over everything um
1: Yeah. Potentially they don't know. I mean, because it's being encrypted end to end, they don't know what they're storing. You definitely don't know what you're storing. And so as a result, yes, it might be a more secure. I mean, I often wonder about it with the reality (laughs) of these systems, you know, when when the CEOs come on and they say all this stuff. And I think to myself, well, yeah, but really, if push, <laughs> if push came to shove, right. surely they'd just shut you down. Yeah. I mean, in the end, they'd say, oh, can't take it down, you say. Can't possibly <laughs> end-to-end encrypted, you say. How about you just go away and you just destroy the entire thing? And I think the thing with storage, the reason that is harder with storage, and it's the same with popcorn time, is because I think they've made
0: available the basic st- source code is, is okay. open source. I think... Okay. So, so even if they were to shut down, say the company, people could pick it up, and and the software itself should still work because
1: uh, yeah, there's things yeah, I think that that's a thing. So, and and obviously that's the future we're kind of coming to, isn't it? These complete distributed, so-called distributed autonomous organizations right. that aren't aren't based in local juridical law, but are based entirely in code. And yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. I mean, you can definitely see that that worked with Popcorn Time. Yeah. Because how you know. I mean, I had one
0: episode, the many deaths of popcorn time, <laughs> right? Well, Which was like, really good. I, I was a really fascinating episode. It was you know, from a while ago, but I, I
1: there's been at least one more since then. You know, <laughs> it's like they keep taking it down, and and um, I'm actually on one of the one of the one of the channel Slack channels of the developers. Uh-huh. Um, I probably shouldn't say that because someone, <laughs> someone will try and sue me for being a developer of popcorn time. If only I had that kind of <laughs> brains, let me say to whoever's listening. But the, they, they're constantly arguing about, well, these people have put another popcorn time up and they say they're the original popcorn oh, time gosh. and you're siding. So it's like this kind of um, because the code is portable. Right. Uh it's a kind of anonymous thing going on where anyone can put the mask on, you know, right, anybody
0: claim to be, yeah, the the dread pirate Roberts. Yes, and I like <laughs> I think that's very,
1: you know, that's very peer to peer. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a function of the portability of code and the fact that it can be run, you, know, stood, you can stand up a service quickly and get it going and there's not a great deal of capital or labor investment in doing it means that people will do it right. and, and they do it for a variety of motives, um, uh, some of which are just pure anarchism, You know, pure tricksterism. And that, yeah. that creates... So in, in that sense, peer-to-peer applications like storage may well have a future... As you say more of a protocol future rather than a business future right um, not that I'm claiming to know anything about storage's business future I mean I know they've just taken a whole ton of investment so somebody way more equipped than me <laughs> has, <laughs> has thought about this problem and decided that they they do have a future as a business um, as for people like library I don't mm-hmm. know whether you've looked into them um, yeah
0: briefly I mean I think when I looked it was they were still talking about it. I don't think it had been released publicly uh, yeah, it's in beta at the yeah. moment,
1: and I'm not—I'm actually uh, haven't been invited yet. I, think I just <laughs> just got the invite to join the other day, and so okay. I haven't checked it out. But I think it's again that thing. So library is is uh, doing something similar, but instead of presenting the storage layer as—and
0: it's uh, also spelled funny, right? Yeah, L B R Y. Right.
1: Um, that's more the standard funny spelling. yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take out the vowels. Yeah, uh, but. The, the, what they're doing is is offering, as the name might suggest, a, a library, a, you know, which will be a site, uh, a service where you can upload f- files to be presented publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so kind of like 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 an internet archive, or like a file sharing, uh, okay, like a file sharing ecosystem. You know, in terms of the BitTorrent idea, it would be where everything is served by dynamic hash table. There's nothing, okay. yeah, including, so the index, everything is all served by peers so that you can never. And right, they're so it's
0: de- truly decentralized.
1: Yeah, and they've definitely taken the approach of we cannot take down, you know, what anyone puts up. We at library can remove the, we can only remove our mention of it if, if something turns right. up that the government doesn't like um for example but
0: but somebody else could have a a different index
1: yeah exactly so that they've they've definitely taken that approach and there's a i've got an episode with them um and the ceo is interesting he's a libertarian like a Mm -hmm. proper libertarian from new hampshire (laughs) like you learn something new every day did you know you probably knew but new hampshire's got this whole
0: yes wow yes there's like the pledge where everyone's supposed to move to new hampshire
1: he wanted me to move to New
0: Hampshire. I was like, "Dude, you're
1: talking to the wrong guy. I'm not. A, I'm not a libertarian." And then I started asking him about healthcare, and it all went south. No, actually, he's a really nice guy, but I, I can't wrap my head around why libertarians don't believe in healthcare. You know why they don't believe in social healthcare? Right. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me. But so so library definitely is a has a political agenda behind it. Interesting. You know, it's a business, which is perfect for a libertarian, right? It's sure. a business that embodies a specific view about information and how it should be treated. Um, so I think that's probably an interesting one to look at. You know, if you asked me, uh, you know, I think ZeroNet has got the most oomph behind it f- f- up to now just because uh-huh. of the way Tamas, the developer, has done it, you know, which we talked about. But I think Library has got the most. You know, it's got a serious entrepreneur behind it who's done it before, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's worth looking at. Uh, that's, uh, you know, with the caveat that I haven't <laughs> got, it, got it running myself yet. So
0: yeah, um, yeah, that's that's an interesting. And, and so then, what's the business model behind Library?
1: Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. I assume I, I assume he knows, right? Uh, but um, in in terms of the in terms of the technology and the, but again, the question would be, can you find a need for it? So I think the first thing that they, I think for some reason, was it Berkeley's? At Berkeley had a big archive of of lectures, uh-huh. and they got they got taken yeah. down.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was. Uh, I'm trying to remember the the details, and 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 I remember seeing that the library guys agreed to to host it, right? Um, like, it w- it, uh, oh, so it, now I remember the details. But it was because of an ADA thing, the, the Americans with Disabilities Act. There yeah. was a claim that because they hadn't made these uh, either documents or videos or, or what, I don't remember exactly, like accessible um that it was a potential ada violation there was some dispute over that and because because they you know the process of actually making it accessible to more people which is a certainly a good goal in general was yeah. you know too difficult and expensive they were just taking down everything which you know just seems completely bonkers
1: yeah and so library stepped in and obviously that was a pretty good pr move for them sure sure um, so they're saying they're hosting the entire thing, and once they add it to the record, it can't be removed right um, so that would be an example of a need uh i mean I think a very limited need and um i mean i I guess that there's a you know from the point of view of mass adoption, you know why did people adopt BitTorrent on mass? well because there was a it served a role at the time it it did yeah. it, and uh, you know I guess if the torrent you know, if governments find, you know, if the torrent ecosystem comes under more attack, I mean, I can't imagine how much more attack it could come under. But, right. Um, and if somehow, someone somehow manages to stop Cody, right <laughs> people might get interested, you know, there might be a mass uh, yeah. need for this, some software like this. Um,
0: yeah. I, I mean, I, I, st- I still think that like, you know, I, again, like, you know, BitTorrent, you know really served a need that wasn't served well elsewhere and bitcoin you know whether it was for drugs or or something else like did the same thing and so like i worry about a lot of these being really interesting projects and like intellectually really interesting to to check out but they don't they just sort of and this is my whole thing and i talked about this for years like the idea of like you know the next big thing and or like the killer app of, of something you know if you're just replicating what was done before but in a you know on a different platform or in a slightly different way like that's not enough the next big thing has to do something that you couldn't do before that was you know that was impo- effectively impossible under the old system and when you do those kinds of breakthroughs that's that's when you get the adoption and yeah. these are interesting projects but I, I still haven't seen anything i think to me, at least, that, that has that sort of, you know, really impressive, you know, something different that was impossible before that, that creates the breakthrough I mean, that makes with, people go for you it. You
1: know, yeah, totally. I mean, with Silk Road and now Alpha Bay and all the other… Um, yeah sites and i mean i try to get these people on the show because you know <laughs> as you can imagine it, yeah. it's it's kind of tricky because they don't want to leave yeah. they don't want to leave that kind of trail i had one of the cody guys on and he had his voice masked right which was a pain in the neck um <laughs> yeah. but they did do something new i mean they have this escrow system right and that allowed uh one someone so someone who is not me as they always say on the drug forums <laughs> right um to buy and sell you know illicit substances with some degree of security and yeah. so that was unique you gave you a power that you didn't have before because you couldn't send cash to somebody no one was going to build a system based on sending cash to someone you don't know through the through, you know, through the postal system, um, but you. Well, can I mean, depo-
0: that did work for eBay, but but if you were talking about selling something illegal, I yeah, mean- <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, eBay was not gonna, you know, eBay right. wasn't.
1: So they did they did create a power that that is you know, uh, that, that, that wasn't there before, right? You know, a capacity, an affordance, as I think they say, yeah. in, in economic speak, an afford <laughs> an affordance that was not there before, and I think it's a substantial affordance. But of course, your perspective on that will differ yeah. depending on. You know whether what your what your drug of choice is, or whether you're a clean living person, right? So, so, uh, but that that to me is what drove Bitcoin up uh, up until it became something people were speculating about, right? Right. Um, Because when you look at the other applications, you know, you look at someone like Mm -hmm. Purse.io, which allows you to buy goods on Amazon using Bitcoin, right, at at a discount. I mean, I don't know. I won't speak for purse. They seem like really nice guys, but I don't have the feeling they're making a ton of money right. from from people. I you know, and they're a great app, it's a great system. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why people shouldn't be uh, make they shouldn't be making some money from allowing people to get discounts on items by using Bitcoin, but I think it's just it's pretty marginal. Right. Whereas when you look at the numbers behind Silk Road it was anything but marginal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it was very large sums of bitcoin were going through that guy. And and now you've got 10 markets because it's the same thing. There are right. all maybe more markets. They're all uh using the same code. It's trivial. Yeah. You know, uh and uh, they're buying and selling all kinds of contraband, you know, uh, botnets and yeah. god knows what. So that is a that drives, and and by the way, you know, Bitcoin. There are other currencies now being accepted in those markets. So uh, Monero, mm-hmm. which has some uh, some uh, sort of stealth capability in terms of you know not revealing who who's been sending what to whom. Hmm. Uh, that's being used a lot on dark net markets now so interesting uh, if anybody follows my my investment <laughs> advice <laughs> they will be looking at monero or cuz it's really being used mm-hmm. you know um if, so yes, if
0: your thesis is follow where the drug money goes well where the money goes, like yeah. follow
1: where the use is cuz it's just it's just a natural uh uh, consequence of the argument we've been making. Where is the real use right and it, it just happens that that? There's not many instances at the moment where you need anonymity with cash, right? Like like when do you need that? Right unless you're a libertarian just want it on principle,
0: right? Right
1: and there isn't that many situations Uh So there is that big question mark around. Well, what's the point of Bitcoin especially when it now? At the moment the transaction fees are incredibly high
0: yeah yeah i I had this conversation with a a bitcoin enthusiast uh this was probably a year or two ago where Mm -hmm. he was basically saying you know we have to admit the the only real use case that you know that makes sense for bitcoin is if like you know we believe that that again fiat currency is going to collapse and it was, and he like went through all of these arguments. He had this long, convoluted argument. There, he's like, you know, if you're speculating on it, you have to believe that that regular currency is going to collapse. Otherwise, you're making a really bad bet. And it was an interesting argument. I don't know if I, necessarily but you, no,
1: it. I agree. I mean, in some way, I agree with him because, like, I don't know whether you listened to the the last show, but one, but with Bram. Um But yeah. we have this moment where Bram is is developing his own. uh altcoin right yes which of course for anybody interested i would suggest following that development pretty closely yeah totally um and he said you know bitcoin is incredibly wasteful because it it uh it you know burns all this electricity yeah uh, in order to solve you know this this problem and my response was and i'll kind of stick by this that i do think bitcoin it related exactly to what your uh what your guest was saying um I do think Bitcoin is solving a problem. I think it's solving a trust problem. And I think when you talk about quote-unquote fiat, the mm. one thing these people are completely right about is that fiat, fiat establishes its value by authorities telling you you should trust it and right. backing, that, backing that up with a whole bunch of pomp and circumstance <laughs> that, that, yeah. that, that amount to a nation state, that amount to... Uh, You know, a belief in the idea that in something like the Fed, that it has values and that it exists and it's stable (laughs) and that the people who are running it are to be trusted and so forth. And so in a way, what you could say that Bitcoin burns all that power in order to create something that has trust without all of that, without being backed by State and, and everything that goes into that the huge amount of money that goes into making you believe right <laughs> that the, money the, the is pomp and circumstances.
0: Yes. And yeah. so
1: the interesting question to ask then in respect to what your friend or guest was saying is, <clears throat> can you see, is there any evidence that our trust in such, um, edifices is decaying right and I think the answer is absolutely 100% yes and as a result Bitcoin can be seen as a hedge right against um, the loss of trust yes a sort of ontological hedge right (laughs) the less people (laughs) believe in reality the more they believe in (laughs) in Bitcoin and so that in that one way if you think things are get the shakier you think things are looking From What they call an optics perspective right right. the more you could invest in Bitcoin because it is Because quite clearly fiat fiat quote-unquote. I mean look at Venezuela, right? Fiat will will not survive right um, a substantial decay of any given state so (laughs) you know just ask yourself the question can the deep state get us through trump if yet if, <laughs> if yes then you don't need to stick with fiat if no well, then you may invest
0: in in bitcoin monero or any other thing you oh, think oh man well <laughs> on that note <laughs> on that optimistic <laughs> note uh we've gone much longer than i expected it was a really really fascinating and interesting conversation um i hope it was fun yeah no this was this was great um jamie thanks uh so much for, for taking the time and and uh again if, if you don't already listen to his podcast uh it's uh steal the show uh and it's uh torrent free hosted and you have your own website at steal right
1: that's right. Yeah, we'd love to love to have you. Yeah, come and you listen should to the definitely
0: show. listen. It's really it's it's super well done and, and, and enjoyable, and I always learn stuff from it. Um, Great to hear. But uh, thanks thanks for having this conversation. And, oh no, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks to everyone who's listening. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>